0: Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that wow. tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to yeah. Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey, sports fans. Nick Davis here, and
1: you're listening to Moving the Change.
0: Move the
2: chains, I'm about to make a play. Move the chains, tell them get about the way. Move the chains,
3: I'm about to win the game. Yes, moving the chains, episode 11. I'm Jamie Sauer, back with the boys tonight in the driver's seat and uh, Chad Towns. And geez, he's, he's really bounced in after another win there. He was pumped up. He's got the hair combed, looking flat, it's looking fresh. Uh, But uh, we'll go through the show tonight. Thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au. We can get all the best odds. Please gamble responsibly and have a bit of fun with it. Uh, Tonight, big signing news in the NFL as the Patriots sign Cam Newton. So we go into that, about what that means for the AFC East and talk about whether he's going to be the starter straight away. Uh, leadership groups and what it takes for these wide receivers to get in and actually be at their best and how strong the quarterback and that leadership group has to be. And then we go into how much money was spent by the top four teams in free agency and whether that was actually money well spent or just a waste of money, like most of the teams do every year. And as I say that, uh, we've also got the Copes Masterclass, which is my favourite segment of the week. The Fantasy (laughs) Masterclass. uh, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm taking down notes every week. I'm going to get you a sponsor for that, Copes. I'm going to get you your own fantasy sponsor each week for the tips. As I say that, uh, Chad Townsend, two wins in a row. My good life's good. Yes,
1: Sally. Good to be back, mate, off the back of two wins. Good performances for us, but uh, that signing news today, Cam Newton, wow, I know we'll get into it in a little bit, but I was shocked. I was, you know, I was very happy though.
3: Yeah, very happy indeed. Uh, Nick Davis, pre-warned listeners, he's had two Red Bulls tonight. He's up and about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a big morning. Obviously, we're trying to uh, come up with some good content for the show and then the the Cam Newton news dropped and we're all uh, very excited. uh, As I think... Any NFL fans are to have an MVP back in the league. So, uh, looking forward to another good show. And, Copes,
3: uh, you're always here, mate. You're just professional. You've got the pajamas. Line and length. He's oh, Line the, and length.
2: He's, <laughs>
3: he's the Glenn McGrath of this group. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm happy with that. The, Copes <laughs> the, Glenn, the
0: Glenn McGrath of any group, I'll take.
3: Yeah, happy with that. He certainly will. Definitely not his hairstyle. All right, let's keep <laughs> it moving here. <laughs> got um, more hair than pigeon. Chad Townsend, uh, the Patriots <laughs> have signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal today worth up to now this is the key part worth up to a possible 7.5 million if he hits all his bonuses that of course thanks to Michael Rappaport from the NFL Network huge signing for the Patriots
1: yeah huge signing you know and we'd spoke previously on, on the shows prior about where Cam would go he's obviously a free agent a notable free agent uh you know an MVP of this league, obviously he sat out last season with injury, and injuries have probably hampered him over the last few seasons. but a guy of his caliber was always going to find a team. It was just a matter of what Cam was willing to take. you know a lot of the the starting quarterback positions were taken in the league, and we all knew that the Patriots didn 't have i guess the cap space so the fact that Cam has decided to take a lesser value you know, contract at the Patriots at an organization where they 're known for winning super Bowls you know it 's going to be an important Uh, relationship between Cam and um, Bill Belichick. And I I can't wait to watch.
3: Uh, Dickie, have the New England Patriots got the style to be able to transfer to Cam Newton? We all, I mean, undoubtedly, Bill Belichick's the greatest NFL coach that we've ever seen. But he's had a quarterback that hasn't been mobile. Are they going to be able to scheme around Josh McDonald's be able to get these guys right in in tune for Cam Newton?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see... uh, uh, where the uh, the giving and the the to and fro comes here from the the quarterback, look, the the Patriots offense is not going to look the same. It was never going to look the same. Now that Tom Brady's moved on, so I think it's a it's a low risk, high reward move from from the Patriots, uh, and I think it, I think it can pay off. Um, I think Cam showed uh, previously he doesn't need big name wide receivers, which you know the Patriots don't have those guys at the moment. Uh, he's got. Uh, Hopefully he can stay mobile. He's got some running backs there that can uh, run the ball for him. And um, look, I I think it's a great move and yeah, it's great to have him back
3: in the the league. Copes, they get a a former NFL MVP in Cam Newton come into their system now. I mean, you must be excited at the prospect and does this put the ASC back on notice or is this just a a temporary fix that we think is going to be the old 2015 Cam Newton?
0: Uh, Absolutely. It puts them on notice. Absolutely. You You cannot deny the calibre of player that Cam Newton is. Um, If he is anywhere close to full health, which he's certainly been posting his own uh, highlight videos of his workouts and things like that to try and establish some sort of market for him. Um, The thing that I'm interested in is I had a message today from a good mate, Jai, who said, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for the Brady-Belichick uh, you know, who was the greatest out of that combination? Because if Cam's able to just come in and straight away just assimilate to that offense and make things happen, they, they'd go a deep playoff run. In a COVID off season where he's, they're doing virtual workouts with people, I mean, does that tarnish a little bit of just how good Brady was? Uh, you know, is it more about Bill than, than Brady? So that's another little element that I'm fascinated to watch play out. Yeah, we might throw that up on our Twitter poll. That move in the chains does Cam. If a Cam
3: Newton playoff run goes deep, does that mean that Brady uh, is probably not as quite as good? I guess is the only way you can say it without Belichick or certainly you, not trying to take
0: anything <laughs> away from him. He's obviously still the goat. He's still <laughs> the goat. You can word that somewhere.
2: <laughs> but I, I just really like the way that, it, and I think we we sort of spoke about it in, in previous episodes that. Um, he was probably ha- going to have to sort of bite the bullet and, and take a contract like this and and earn his stripes back both and, and earn the trust of, of an organisation. And I just love the way that he's, he has been such a showman over his career and he's been quite out there and quite public. That He probably has done this the Patriots way and I don't know whether he had an inkling about it, um, but he... he He posted a few things, as Cope said, about his workouts, but he's been very low-key over this sort of period. He hasn't come out outlandishly. And I think that sort of serves well to going into the Patriots' way because, and Sal will bring it up later on, about sort of how you get Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon back into a squad. Make no mistake, Cam Newton's going to have to fit into the Patriots' it's not going to be the other way. They're not going to shift goalposts and move things around and, and change the way they do it because Cam Newton's coming into town. He's going to have to learn the Patriots way. And that's why they've been a great organization
3: for so long. Uh, one word answer here, boys. I'll go. I'll start with you, Chad. Is he the starter straight away?
1: Yes, definitely.
3: Dicky. Yes. Copes. Yes. I think we all agree there. And also, uh, is Cam Newton looking like a snack on, uh, on his Instagrams? Because, my goodness, there's no quarterback in the league that looks like he does at the moment. He looks like a, a bloody running back. That's how fit he's looking. Have you not um, seen
2: Derek's videos from the, uh, from the desert? He's running up the hill. Running up the hill playing golf. I thought <laughs> my was, man.
3: I thought that was a sand hills at Wanda, that Derek was <laughs> going up and down. Uh, let's keep it moving here, boys. Actually, Chad, let's say this on our Twitter poll as well. Will the Patriots um, make a championship game in the AFC? I think that's probably the standard for them. Anything less, much like the Melbourne Storm, anything less than a prelim uh, and it is a failure. All right, boys, some news coming out of the NFL. Josh Gordon, that uh, talented wide receiver that's been in trouble, failing drug tests year after year, has applied for reinstatement into the NFL. And also Antonio Brown and the Ravens have had chats. Of course, he's been working out. With Lamar Jackson, and of course, uh, very, very tight with his uh, cousin. I think it is Hollywood Brown that's in that receiving core as well. Uh, boys, I want to go around the grounds here, Chad, with you, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Very, very talented. What, what team, or how does a team take on a troubled person like that and get them in? And, and what leadership qualities are you looking for from the group? to be able to bring guys like that in so they're not distracting the rest of the players. Yeah, look, this
1: is an extremely tough one. And one that, you know, happens quite regularly in professional sport. You know, these guys, like you said, see are extremely talented, but they obviously come with some off field baggage and teams have to be willing to accept that these players are as is they've got baggage that they bring with them. But at the end of the day, if they can produce on the field and they can fit in with the team and um dickie just mentioned that cam's going to have to fit into the patriots well and organizations they're going to have to ask these questions about these players you know josh gordon i'm not sure how many chances he's been given um and antonio brown we all know obviously what he's been up to over the last 12 months but you know these teams are going to have to ask these questions can these guys fit into the locker room and will they produce
3: on the field at a high level and up to the organization standards Dickie, what, at what point does a, an organisation or a playing group, more or less, I mean, we haven't been executives, but a playing group sit down like the Ravens and say, hey, we're probably not top-notch. We're a little bit off where the uh, the Chiefs are. They're the Super Bowl champs. Do we take a chance on Antonio Brown? Is our leadership group strong enough to be able to get him in? Because, I mean, I have no doubt here that puts them over the top, right? Yeah, there's probably two things, uh, two
2: points to this. Hour. I think the playing group and... and We've all been a part of sporting teams. If this guy can help us win games, he, he comes in. Because uh, and and, that's the Americans. It's about winning and losing. If Antonio Brown's coming in and he's going to help us win games, then that's first of all as a player. You go, yes, and then we'll try and you know work him in. Uh, as a front office, as an organisation, and the NFL as a brand, they are very, very, very strict on this sort of stuff. Antonio Brown's still got a suspension hanging over him. It's going to be in the vicinity of six to eight weeks. So that also comes into the play. Do we roster this guy? Do we, do we pick him up? Do we just sit him there on, on the bench and have him waiting? Are we going to win enough games for when he comes back in, say, week eight uh, to, to make a run in the back end of the season and make the playoffs? So there's a few things. Personally, if if he can help us win games, and look, I was more excited than anyone. Look, I had a number 84 jersey ready to, you know, to order last year at the Raiders. And um, you just want to see the best players in their position play in the sport that they love. And if anyone's seen some of his workout stuff, it's, it's, you know, it's spot on. He's still you know wide receiver one in, in, a, in a, lot, a lot of you know, teams. So um,
3: if he can help us win a game, I say yes. Copes, I saw a uh, Twitter interview for you the other day saying you want to play to your 40, like most American quarterbacks uh, at the moment. Um, He's going to turn uh, into a, an off-spinner. he's very fit coach I I give him a lot of shit on the on the pod but uh, he's just at the end so I've got all my good stuff and I can't go back Um, you're in the leadership group now no doubt a young guy comes in who's very very talented you would have seen them come and go like we all have how do you deal with it now being in that current environment where you are such a leader
0: yeah it's a great question Um, and it's not just young guys it's you know other senior players that is often the most difficult because you know, they're so established, they're so important to how your team operates that you know they're the sort of things that you've got to try and weigh up. Um, you know, what is more important, the culture or the on-field performance, and you know, what would your team look like without them? That sort of stuff. Um, I totally agree with the boys that have already spoken. The talent is undoubted. Um, the guys have spoken mostly about Antonio Brown, so I'll go down the Gordon route, where his talent is, you know, in terms of downfield threats, that year he broke out, I think it was 2016, might have even been 2015 uh, for the Browns. I mean, he was doing that with some horrific quarterback play. You know, the Browns didn't... And you would know this better than anyone, Chad. um, You know, it was like Josh McCown and guys like that that really weren't up to being elite quarterbacks. He was pumping out 200-yard games every week. Um, So the talent is there. It's just he seems to fall into that expectation and pressure of performance lapse into the drugs. So, I mean, at some point, he's just got to acknowledge, you know, am I ever going to get over this? Like, I've told many a team that I'm going to be fine and I just haven't been. So, I just hope he's okay, um, first and foremost, because if he gets back on the park and he doesn't relapse, I mean, he could be looking at, you know, a top 10 wide receiver.
3: Okay, four premiership winners in this Move in the Chains podcast. I'll go around and just keep your answers tight. Does it make a difference to the leadership group if you've already won a title? So, Chad, for instance, you know, you've already won a title at the Sharks 2016. You've got the best young talent or one of the best you know, top five in that position. Does it matter whether you've won a comp or not? You know, are you trying to push the envelope a bit more and hope for the upside outweighs the negatives or is that just at the back of your mind?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I think it's uh, it's. I mean, you because you've had the success, you've probably got the runs on the board, so you've probably got more or more rope to play with in terms of if you were to sign someone like that. The fact that you could cha- you know, change him. The fact that if you went to a really low team who hasn't had success over the last few years, trying to I guess please the public and the NFL, the league that hey, you know, we can look after this. But you're probably not. Um, you know, probably have the same standards as one of the elite teams. So I'd say it does come into
3: play. Dickie, the Bloods culture is famous within the AFL and it's, it's almost like a badge of honour to be able to get in there. Who would make the decision on whether to sign a guy like Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon? Would it be the head coach? Would it be recruitment? Would it be the leadership group? Do they all sit down together? I think it'd be everyone would sit down together. I think it'd
2: be a full uh, from, from CEO through to head of footy coach uh, and the players would, would have a say too. But um, look, it does come down to winning and losing. And uh, when you can get the best player in their position, um, it's, a, it's a yes for me.
3: And Copes, I'll let you have the last word on this one. You spoke heavily about Josh Gordon. Just off the top of your head, the top two teams that could fit him in their culture and he could make a huge difference for.
0: Oh, Look, and I actually think that this one might happen. If he if he does get reinstated, I can see a couple of teams going after him. One is the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who have just lost Stefan Diggs, and if they could get someone like Josh Gordon on a team friendly deal, which they would, because you know, quite frankly, he doesn't deserve uh, to be asking plenty. So he's one. Uh, Are there one, sorry, and then probably the Jets. Uh, the other team that just need star quality, they've lost Robbie Anderson, a couple of talented young guys there. But, um, if McCown's, ah, uh, sorry, what's their quarterback escapes me? Donald, um, Darnold, if, if he's going to make some noise, I think he needs some top quality receivers there, um, to go with him. So, yeah. they're the two teams that spring to mind. Yeah,
3: if Donald doesn't have menopause, uh, hopefully he's able to play. With it, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's what he had last year. Anyway, uh, let's keep it rolling here, boys. Uh, the boardroom actually. Kevin Durant's uh, had a look. His company's had a look at the top spenders for the NFL 2020 free agency, and rattling it off here by a long way. The Miami Dolphins, 237 million. Detroit Lions, 138. The Bengals, 132. Oakland Raiders, I don't know where they fitness this money, 127. <laughs> and the New Orleans Saints, 126 million. So, what we did today for all our Move in the Chains supporters is we went and we chose a team each. And, uh, Chad, you've been heavy in research here. You've got the Detroit Lions, 138 million. Uh, 69 of that is guaranteed. Where did they spend it? Yeah, look,
1: uh, the Detroit Lions—they've brought in uh, a number of plays this offseason. They brought in Jamie Collins to shore up the defense. Reggie Ragland. Um, they've also brought in free agent tight end Jesse James from the Steelers um, to partner up. T.J. Hawkinson, who you know had an outstanding rookie rookie season, hopefully he can back that up. Um, they've invested in uh, Chase Daniel as well, backup quarterback to Matthew Stafford. know um, yeah, he's gonna uh, have some weapons as well. They've got you know, the wide receivers that they've, they've had on the books last year. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola still on contract. But I think this season it's probably make or break for the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford now got some pieces around him. They've drafted DeAndre Swift to partner on Johnson at the running back position. But Matt Patricia, who's come from the Patriots, he's uh, you know only had three wins last season. So um, you know the Detroit Lions, they need to have a big
3: season this year. And they're in probably the toughest division at the moment with the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and of course, Chicago Bears. So, very well done, Chad. Uh, six out of 10 uh, for your research there. <laughs> Just in me believing it. Uh, let's move across here to Dicky. $127 million spent by John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders, $75 million guaranteed. Money well spent.
2: Money spent, money spent. <laughs> uh, I'll start offense. I'll start offensive <laughs> side of the ball. We spent seventeen point <laughs> six million dollars for two years on a backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, I believe that. Look, I, I still believe Derek Carr will start for the Las Vegas Raiders, but uh, adding Mariota uh, to the to this squad, I think um, he will see he'll it 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 adds plays to the playbook uh it adds it adds options john Gruden he's a different sort of a cat. he's an out there coach it's gonna uh it's gonna suit his style of coaching so um you've seen it obviously work with the with the saints i, I think mariota is not there as just a bit part play obviously if you're playing a a backup this sort of dollars uh you you've got him in your plan so uh i still believe Derek Carr will be the starter and uh and um take this team to the playoffs but um look Marcus Marietta will see the field. We also spent one million dollars on Nelson Aguilar. Uh, to wow! <laughs> yeah, is that is this a report? This is
3: the report.
2: Uh, we spent the worst <laughs>
3: this week. This is awesome
2: for me. <laughs> we spent one million dollars on Nelson Aguilar uh, and also signed Jason Witten from the Dallas Cowboys offensive side of football. What a where, signing! Where, hang on a second, just <laughs> I will pump the brakes here a little bit. Where the, the key dollars were spent was on the defensive side of the football. And I spoke about it in the Raiders wrap earlier in the podcast. Raiders need to shore up their defense. So we spent 36 million for three years on Corey Littleton from the Rams. That's a great signing uh, at linebacker. Uh, it was much a needed position to fill for the Raiders. So he's going to come in along with, from the Bears, Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, two linebackers there. They're going to look, they'll play plenty of snaps for the Raiders and, and shore up the defense. Uh, and Malik Collins as well from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a lot of the money was spent on the defensive side of the footy. The draft picks were were, were offensive players, and uh, the free agents were signed up on the defensive side. So, uh, money well spent on the defensive defensive side of the footy. I think Maris, Mac, Marcus Mariota will also add value to this team.
3: Yeah, eight out of ten because it might be the only thing you win all year. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Trent Copeland. He had the Miami Dolphins, two hundred and thirty-seven million. Uh, wow. free agency and boys 147 million guaranteed big spenders Miami a lot of pressure on them to get it right early especially with a rookie quarterback in Tunga Tuvala
0: yeah and it, that was a great pick you know having Tua fall to them the medical concerns that was a real win and it let them spend their money you know on the defensive side of the ball have a listen to this guys like Jarvis Landry Kenyon Drake Minka Fitzpatrick and they released Rashad Jones, so three traded superstars, and Rashad, one of the best safeties in the league, they all go out, as well as plenty of others. Um, they still have, after that 237000000 million, they've spent $28 million in cap space. So having a rookie QB, how important is that for you know, contract values? The moves they made, they needed to. Listen to this. The Dolphins were last in sacks, 26th in the league in pass defense, and bottom 10 in just about every other category. So they had to spend on defense, and they did big time. Byron Jones, corner from the Cowboys, five years, eighty-two million dollars. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, linebacker from the Pats, four years, fifty-two million, coming off a of career high in sacks. Uh, Shaq Lawson, Ogba, defensive ends. Jordan Howard, the running back, and Eric Flowers. So the big thing for me is that their defense was horrific. They've got some talented offensive pieces. Ryan Fitzpatrick on offense, if Tua needs a bit of time to get into it. Um, but the big risks for me are so many moving pieces in a virtual off season. We, we know any time a player moves teams, it's hard to you know, get established in an offense or particularly on defense with structures. So that's gonna be the challenge. And the other one is Byron Jones and David Howard, uh, who's been injured a lot and he got arrested uh, this year. Um, they're equating to $32 million per year for their two cornerbacks, which is absurd and unheard of amount of money for non-quarterbacks in one team. So uh, if it doesn't work or one of them gets injured, I think they're going to be in real trouble.
3: I could listen to you all podcasts. I I just reckon we wind you up and let you go. You might have to do all four teams next week because my kid (laughs) has (laughs) compared to that. Uh, very well done, Copes. Again, ten out of ten. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, I had the New Orleans Saints, and I thought I prepared well, but I listened. I should have gone before Copes. Uh, 126 <laughs> million spent this year, 63 million guaranteed. Where did they spend it? Well, of course, the old timer Drew Brees goes around again. He got an extension. That's where the bulk of the money went. But having a look at their main signings for this year, boys, they actually went all different levels. So they've got their guard. Uh, Pete was extended for five years, 57 million, 33 guaranteed. They had a defensive tackle on Yamada who gets exp- extended for three years. Then they've got a safety of Malcolm Jenkins. Now this is huge because New Orleans have been able to score points, but they need to be able to stop them at the right time. So extending him uh, and having him at the back is certainly going to help that uh, that defense in the, in the big, big games, which is what they need. And then they pick up uh, a steal, Emmanuel Sanders, who's another weapon to be able to put off Drew Brees. So an overall uh, thing for the New Orleans Saints is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Copes, I'll go to you. I'll lean on you a little bit here. They've, they've upgraded with the, with the right guys in the key areas and they're going to rely on everyone else to be able to lift their games around those guys.
0: Yeah, and you know what? The thing that I love with all of these brilliant teams and great coaches is they... They run their offense, they run their team based off their biggest strengths. And when the biggest strengths need changes around them, they make it happen. Tom Brady, what happens when he gets into the back half of his career? They load up on defense and they become elite. So that Brady doesn't have to carry the entire team, but he's clutching the big moments. The Saints are moving to that as well. I think they can dominate on defense and then run teams into the ground. And Breeze can pick his moments to interject.
3: Yeah, I hope so. Thanks for uh, tipping me up there, Cope. He's texting me a couple of times here. All right, team. Uh, let's move on to the Twitter questions and Instagram questions. Uh, thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au. Uh, one of your friends has gone in early with the questions this week, uh, Copes. It's Joel Stasevich. Uh, I've got one here. Is Cam Newton signing with the Patriots one of the great feel-good moments of the NFL offseason? as finally the Pats get some overdue and much-deserved positive news? <laughs>
0: And that's pure sarcasm from a swanning-around Pats fan. Uh, Jolie's one of the great producers for Seven Cricket. Uh, he's a big man for what they've got going on, and he just swans around every year because the Pats are just getting it done. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, good on you, Jolie. They've, they've done well. They've got an absolute steal, um, if it turns out. And I love the way they structure their contract because essentially they're risking a million dollars but if he plays like an MVP, they'll pay him what he's worth to have played like that. So, bloody hell. It's, it annoys me.
3: Great question, Joel. Uh, any chance we can get on 7, mate, with this podcast? I think we'd be, we'd be cheap. <laughs> 100%. Pull some and string can <laughs> You can get us incentive-based as well. I mean, we <laughs> Incentive-based, 100%. With. Channel 7, uh, get in contact with us. Uh, here's Aiden Thomas here on Twitter. At the end of the season, will the Cincinnati Bengals look like a better team with Joe Burrow at quarterback? Or would they have been better off keeping Andy Dalton, Chad?
1: Yeah, look, I think, they have, I think they're a better team. I, I think Andy Dalton is a reasonable quarterback in this league. But I think uh, Joe Burrow, his time at LSU speaks volumes. He's got so much buzz coming around him. Obviously, the national championship, the way he played at LSU, led them to an undefeated season. Um, number one pick overall in the draft. And I think there's going to be so much hype around um, Joe Burrow. And I think if he plays like he did in his last season of college... The Bengals, you know, will we'll definitely improve on last season.
3: A quick one for you, Dicky. Same person, Aiden Thomas on Twitter. Is George Kittle the best tight end oh. the NFL has ever seen? We actually put this on our at Moving the Chains Twitter poll. Uh, George Kittle versus Travis Kelty. Uh, Chad, give us an update in a second, but I want to hear Dicky's answer first. Kittle, the best tight end in NFL history.
2: No. No, he's not. Uh, is he the best? he is he the best uh, tight end at the moment? Quite, quite possibly, but in NFL history, that's a that's a big stretch. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski uh, lays claim to that uh, position, but there's been another, a number of guys uh, over the last decade that have been, you know, top tight end. So, unfortunately, Copes no, he's not the uh, the number one quarterback <laughs> in the history of the
0: NFL. Oh, I don't think so either. How'd that
1: Twitter (laughs) poll go? See, actually, I do have here NFL on ESPN actually put a tweet out in a poll. Who is the best NFL tight end right now? George Kittle or Travis Kelsey? There's been 43,628 votes, 52% to 48%. So very tight. But the 52% went to Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, 48%. So I know, Copes, you're not going to agree with that, are you? (laughs) Uh,
0: Look, I, I don't disagree with it. And you know why? Is because he's done it four or five years in a row and he's on the team that won the whole thing. So I don't begrudge anyone who feels that way. Um, But I'll tell you what, I'm bloody happy to watch Kittle run out for my team for the next 10 years as well.
3: There certainly are. Uh, You certainly are. Joshua Beer18 on Twitter says, this one's for you, Copes. Lads, interested to hear your thoughts about where Zach Ertz rates amongst NFL tight ends and the potential of his combination with Carson Wentz to carry Philly to another Super Bowl, a.k.a. Brady and Gronk, and their combo over the years to the Pats.
0: Yeah, do you know what? I I think he is perennially underrated. Um, He's been doing the business for a long time, and I think the emergence of Dallas Got It last year probably hurt him just on how he's viewed. um, The fact that they went to a two tight end offense, uh, 12 personnel, a lot of the time, it was mainly because the Sean Jackson has just been hurt all the time. Um, And they haven't been able to rely on healthy receivers. So look, I think he's entrenched in the, you know, Mark Andrews, um, you know, that next caliber of guys that are probably on the verge of breaking out, whereas Ertz is established. uh, And I'll tell you what, he he can be elite um, when he wants to. Got a great combination with Wentz as well.
3: Let's go around the grounds here. This is a quick one from Clint Proctor. Just one word answers here for all four of us. Who will win the Chicago Bears role to start the QB? Trubisky or Foles? Chad?
1: Oh, man.
3: Uh, I say Trubisky. Dickie? Trubisky starts, Foles finishes the season. Copes? Foles and he'll kill it. I think Foles as well. I think the Mitch Trubisky train has sailed out of Chicago. And the last one here from one of our very good followers and friends at Fantasy Football Down Under. This one's for you, Copes, because you know most of all about NFL fantasy. Which rookie running back and wide receiver will score the most fantasy points this season?
0: Uh, Rookie running back, there's quite a few in the mix. Everyone's on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. I think he's the most complete, Uh, three-down prospect, Marlon Mack is there. Yeah, sure. But um, behind that offensive line, once he starts hitting the ground, he's Saquon Barkley-like ability um, from all three downs. So I think he'll do that. Wide receiver is going to be an interesting one. I reckon it could well be Jerry Judy from the Broncos. You're
3: high on him. Chad, Nick, any objection there to what Copes is going with? No, I definitely
1: agree. I like Edward Abitalea um as well and i think yeah the wide receiver depth class uh the the depth in the rookie wide receiver class is is amazing so you know any one of those top three or four uh rookies who it's going to be an amazing uh season to watch those guys
2: go
0: here we go what what do you reckon dicky who's going to get it i'm going to stick stick with my man
2: i'm going to stick with my man henry rugs look if you if you select him you're going to have a couple of weeks where there's not higher productivity but I think is the that ceiling but the ceiling is quite high if number four can uh, can uh, spot number 11 downfield you're going to get a couple of games where he can he might have three or four receptions and uh, take a couple to the house for big yards so uh, I think his ceiling is quite high uh, you might have to wear a couple of low weeks uh, yeah, and I'm going with Clyde Edwards hilaire as well I think He's only got a fight there with uh, with Damian Williams. He can catch the footy. He had 50 receptions last year uh, in a high-powered offense. They're going to be on the field a lot. They're going to score a lot of points, and he'll chime in there as well. But uh, for your wide-out man, let's stick with
3: Henry. I've got CD Lamb, Copes. I'm I'm happy with yeah. him. I picked him up in a draft as well. I think he might be a little bit of a smoky. All right, it's time to finish our Moving the Chains podcast with Fantasy for Beginners, we're calling it. Uh, as we go to Copes here, and this question was put together by our own star premiership halfback winning, uh, not-so-flash haircut guy, uh, Chad Townsend. <laughs> I am just trying to get the uh, people out there, the Fantasy for Beginners, and I'm loving these notes each week, but who should we be looking to draft with our first three picks, Copes?
0: Oh, this, the short answer is, it, it probably depends on where you are in each round. Um, But largely, the running back market will go much thinner, much quicker than the wide receivers will. Um, So I would be looking to get out of your first three rounds, you'd want to come out with two well-established running backs in good offenses. Ideally, in the first round, you get one that's a three-down back. So you're talking your elite guys like uh, McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, uh, Dalvin Cook, Mixon, those type of guys. Um, And then in the third round, you're talking your injury risk type guys like Melvin Gordon, who's changed teams, or Todd Gurley, um, David Johnson, that type of mix. Second round's an interesting one. Depends where you are, but you're probably going an Odell Beckham or a Julio Jones type guy, or you go one of those stud tight ends because there's there's only two that you want. If you miss those two, forget it. Draft late. Um, but if you get Kittle or Kelsey in the second round, you'd be pretty happy with that. What about the third round, mate? I've got, I'm <laughs> number one in all three. That <laughs> so was
2: going to take you all <laughs> the way through to thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Who it. so, should I take next, <laughs> coach? Yeah, well that's,
0: yeah <laughs> well, that's what I was saying about uh, Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon, those type of guys. So they'll be around in the third round. Um, if you chose to go a receiver, in the third round, then you're looking at the breakout guys like your AJ Brown, uh, who had an unbelievable finish to last year, um, or the sort of top tier of the second wide receivers for the best offenses. Um, oh,
1: Copes, I've got one question. If you're Copes. number, one, if you're a number one pick, are you taking Saquon or are you taking McCaffrey?
0: Oh, McCaffrey, no doubt. McCaffrey, last year in a horrific team that was losing every week. He was head and shoulders above the rest. Um, Saquon's the only one who would challenge him and maybe Zeke. Um, Interesting one to think about is guys that have already contracted COVID. And I say this in the nicest possible way. uh, He's not going to miss games again by catching COVID because he's already got it. He won't get it again. Um, So he has that risk. Um, completely gone whereas other guys if they were to contract it they're looking at two games missed so that's the only potential thing that you might think about
3: yeah, there it is. Fantasy for beginners from Trent Copeland giving away all the secrets and tips. I'm going to catch him this year, I'll tell you that. All right, that's, uh, that's Moving the Change, episode 11. Thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au. Before we go, boys, the New England Patriots into $11 to win the Super Bowl this year on topsport.com.au. Kansas City still favourites at sevens. Ravens at 750. Your 49ers, 975 on topsport.com.au. So please gamble responsibly. Have a bit of fun with it, boys. That's it. We'll catch up next week. Stay safe and look after each other.